Well, greetings, greetings, and welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime. I'm your host, Frank Zaffaro, and this is an open and shut episode with Sheila Lowe. Now, Sheila is an interesting woman who writes a number of different series. Uh, She has a focus on handwriting and interpreting that uh, in a couple of different ways, all of it crime fiction in some fashion or another, and we're going to talk to her in just a couple of moments. Uh, But first, I'd like to remind you that Wrong Place or Right Crime is proudly sponsored by Down and Out Books. Down and Out Books is a mid-sized publisher of crime fiction, most of it at the darker and grittier end of the spectrum. If you like that kind of work, and I'm guessing you do if you're listening to this show, then you can find out more at their website, downandoutbooks.com. That's downandoutbooks, all spelled out, dot com. Down and Out Books, take the journey with us. Now, it is spitting some rain and trying to look like fall here in central Oregon. I hope you are experiencing better weather wherever you're at. But I imagine you'd rather hear from Sheila Lowe than hear me play amateur meteorologist. So let's dive into the conversation I had with her. Well, hey, Sheila, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. So you uh, are the author of two different series of books. And and they seem to be related, but the first one is also related to your career, right? That is correct. The Forensic Handwriting Mystery Series featuring Claudia Rose, who does the same kind of work that I do. Maybe for people who aren't entirely sure what that entails, what what is that? I mean, mean, obviously, it's looking at handwriting and extracting information from that but uh, could you could you go into that just a little sure there are two different areas that claudia works in and that i work in and one of them is um, on the forensic side where we testify in court in cases of handwriting authentication so like if somebody forges your name i'm the kind of person you'd come to to prove that your name was forged so that's one aspect the other is uh, personality assessment understanding uh, what motivates people and that is seen in your handwriting. That's interesting. I've, I was mistaken then when I was uh, prepping for this interview. Um, I knew about the first part, the uh, essentially authentic, uh, essentially authentication. authentication yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, uh, I suspected that the second area might have to do more with you know examining historical documents and oh, that no. sort of thing. I didn't. I didn't realize that it was a, a personality divination essentially by by the person's handwriting i don't like that word Uh, it sounds psychic and it's not (laughs) Uh, well so you're saying that uh, people's handwriting is indicative or reflects their personality then it does in what way well um it tells things about you like your social skills your organization your motivations what types of fears you might have, um, sex drive, all kinds of things. Really? Yeah. What, so can you give me a one, for instance, like if somebody does write something a certain way that indicates or could <laughs> indicate this, just so people have a little yeah. bit of an idea what's what the sure. nuts and bolts are? Yeah, well, there is no this means that correlation. So I can't mm-hmm. say, I mean, some people will say, if you cross your T's high, it means you have high goals. Well, that may be true, but you need a lot of other information about that. So what I'm looking at is the spatial arrangement, the way the writing is laid out on the page, like the space between the letters and the words and the lines and the margins that frame it, and also the letter designs, which is called form, and the movement, which is a very complex 
area and includes things like rhythm and speed and pressure and lots of things like that. Wow, that is very involved. Um, and it sounds like all of those things also would come into play when you are authenticating somebody's signature. Um, all those things yes. are factors that make it difficult for someone to forge your handwriting. Exactly. How hard would you say it is for someone to to forge someone else's handwriting? Well, it's kind of like trying to copy the way somebody walks or talks. You know, you write the way you do for a reason. When you're signing your name thousands of times, you do it because of you know, lots of different factors. And so if you're going to try and simulate somebody else's signature, you have to put away your own master patterns that you've created over time. And then you have to take on the master patterns of the person whose handwriting you want to forge. So it's a very difficult thing to do it successfully. So it's not an artistic thing. It's more of a psychological thing. Well, it involves both. And so you could choose either to do it to write quickly, and then it's probably not going to look the same as as the one, even if you practice a lot. If you have artistic skills, it'll be a little easier. But if you don't write quickly, if you if you write slowly and try to copy it, it's like paint by numbers, you know, mm-hmm. then it's, it's really obvious that it's not natural. I was a, a police officer for 20 years, and I didn't deal a lot with uh, handwriting, uh, very little actually. Uh, but one of the little nuggets I came across at one point was that forgeries, and, and of course, the, the less skilled, the more of this, uh, tend to have more starts and stops, whereas natural writing it has a flow to it. Um, so those are the kinds of things that you're looking at to kind of combine everything together to decide if it's a, a forgery or not, or to tell about a person's personality. Yes, and we don't mix both. So if I go to court in a case of forgery, I'm not going to talk about personality. So those are those they're based on the same scientific principles, but the application is very different. Now your protagonist uh, protagonist Claudia Rose does she do both? Yes, she does. And her the first book she appears in if I'm reading my notes correctly is uh, called Poison Pen. That is correct. And that's that was interesting to me when I read the synopsis because um, it revolves around a supposed suicide and handwriting entering into the equation to say whether it was actually murder or truly suicide. Right. There was a, a note found by the body that said it was fun while it lasted. And the note was printed, block printed. So the question was, did this person actually write it? Because her business partner said she never, ever printed. It couldn't be her handwriting. So the lesson is always to use a typewriter or a computer to <laughs> fake your own suicide notes. <laughs> well, then you could get in a forensic linguist. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. So tell me about Claudia Rose. Who, who is she? What's she about? And, uh, and what are some of the adventures that she goes on in this series? Well, Claudia started out um, a long time ago to I started writing the first book in 1997, and I was a lot younger then, and so was she. But she has stayed pretty young. I've let her advance a few years. Um, She was about, let's see, 39 when the book started. In the first book, she meets the man that becomes her eventual husband. In uh, the seventh book, they get married. But um, Slow burn. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's over a period of, you know, two or three, four years, something like that. And um, she's kind of commitment phobic, and he's a cop. He's a he's a homicide cop. So he's he's always thinking that she's going off and doing 
ridiculous things that she shouldn't be doing, <laughs> you know. But sometimes he's her way in because she consults with the police and he can ask her for help on certain cases. So, yeah, she's had a lot of adventures. In the, in the second book, a, a character called Annabelle Giordano is introduced and she's in all of the books. And also Monica, who is Claudia's niece, and she's her story is the, the book that just came out in August. We have one where she goes to New York in a, in a dating service. She has, to, she has to analyze handwriting for a dating service where people are dying and they're too young, dying for love, let's say. She goes to England a couple of times. In, in um, Outside the Lines, she testifying in a, in a case against a gang member. And it, while she's on the witness stand, is, is attacked by this guy. Brutal attack. In and, court. Uh, in court, yeah, he hmm. he sees his moment and he takes it. So she ends up going to England to try to recover from the PTSD. Only <laughs> problems follow her over there, of course, because there's got to be a story and so on. What kind of person would you say she is? She's a person with a very big heart, especially for children, because she can't have her own. So she tends to get involved on an emotional level when she knows she shouldn't. And she's a very good scientist too. She's really good at her job. You know, she's a she's a modern woman with all of the with all of the challenges that modern women face. And it looks to me that she's had eight uh, eight books thus far. Yes. Yes. Um, so you write another series called Beyond the Veil, and these two are, are somewhat linked. Can you explain how that is? Well, Claudia and Joel appear in the two books so far. And what happened was I was, I had a deal with Penguin. I wrote the first four books for them and then I didn't have a deal with them anymore. And I, I wrote a sort of interim book, which is called what she saw. And it's about a young woman who wakes up on a train with amnesia. And this was long before that big, you know, popular girl on the train thing. So (laughs) this is like in 2013. And so this young woman wakes up and she doesn't know who she is, what she's doing, where she's going. And um, eventually Claudia becomes involved in that story in a, in a smaller way to help her find out what happened. And then I, um, I went with another, a smaller publisher and did the next four books in Claudia's series. And then I decided I want to write a book about the spirit world. So it turned out that as I was starting to think about it, I thought, oh, that young woman, the one who woke up on the train, needs to be the protagonist in this new book. And um, then as I continued getting the story together, I realized that her love interest had to be a young man who was in the seventh book. So I started all that and was getting it together. And I'm kind of a psychic junkie because in 2000, my daughter was killed by her boyfriend and he killed himself too. He was in law enforcement. And it really got me interested in what happens, you know, after we die. And I learned that there is no death. There's only life after earth. So I did a lot of research in that area. So I go to mediums quite often. And I was being told several times that my daughter was going to help me with this book, which is called Proof of Life. And she did. And, um, I don't know quite where to go with that, but uh, well, in what in what in what way do you feel she helped you? Well, it's not like she was telling me what to say, you know, all the words, and it, that would have made it a lot easier because you know, writing books is not easy for, for <laughs> some of us, and uh, we just compelled to do it, right? So there was, um, for instance, a big question that I had. I'd written this scene 
and the the character has has gone into a trance or a dream and she goes to hell and when she wakes up there are these big black x's on her palms and i thought oh you know this is this is something that she got in hell and it's devil or whatever and then i never did anything with it and when the book was done my publisher said well what happened there we we need to know what happened and i was like oh yeah, Chekhov's gun is uh, on the mantle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I asked Jennifer, my daughter, what what do I do here? And immediately I got the perfect answer, which I'm not going to tell you what it is because you need to read it if you're interested. But um, it was it was just like a download in my brain, and that wasn't the only time it happened. Mm-hmm. My the man that I was seeing several years ago died, and he has come back and and helped me with. Um, a lot of information. So, you know, for anybody who's who's interested in the spirit world, the paranormal, I think that they would like it. But you're not stopping at two. You're you've got another one uh, in the right. pipe. I'm just starting to think about it, and uh, I have. I always start with a title, and the title of the third book in in the Beyond the Veil series is The Last Door, and uh, I think it's going to be about the birth mother of this young woman finding her and finding out what happened to her because she was adopted. Well, certainly the titles are very apropos of the subject matter, what she saw, proof of life, uh, uh, the last door, those all all really fit. But meanwhile, you continue to write the Claudia Rose series and the most recent book is Dead Letters. And this has a really cool picture of an Egyptian relief on it. And so I'm guessing that Egypt plays highly in this particular, (laughs) particular, I actually know it does, but uh, could you tell us how? Yeah, it's it's not the whole book it's set in Egypt, but um, Claudia's young niece, Monica, who is now 18, has gone to Egypt on an archaeological dig. She's just kind of there helping out, and she disappears. So Claudia, well, the reason why her dad, who is Claudia's brother, can't go is because he's in jail. He's <laughs> been arrested for homicide that uh, took place while he was at his college reunion in Tucson. And so Claudia decides that she's got to go looking. And what she finds out is that Monica disappeared with a young man, an archaeologist. They went away for the weekend and never came back. So she goes to uh, Cairo and Luxor. And then the, the trail takes her on to Gibraltar and to the UK, where big things happen. Are there more uh, Claudia Rose books coming as well? Well, if people keep reading them, I'll keep writing them. <laughs> That's a very writerly answer for sure. <laughs> well, I, I do have a title for the next one, so we'll see. What, what do you, can you share it? Sure. It's Unholy Writ, W-R-I-T. Uh-huh. And the reason I had planned that for the fourth book, which is about a missing child in a religious cult. And that was when I was at Penguin. And I my editor changed. My, my wonderful editor left and a new one came in and said, no, she didn't like that title. And she thought it sounded like a religious book. And I said, well, it's about a cult. But um, she didn't like it. So we changed it in the end to Last Rites, which whatever. Yeah, so I've I, always... I, I think you were had the, had the right of that argument. <laughs> yes. Well, I've always... I've decided that I, you know, I'm still going to use Unholy Writ. Uh, well, folks, the author is Sheila Lowe. The series are the Claudia Rose series and the Beyond the Veil mystery series. If you like some supernatural in your mysteries, um, Sheila, I want to tell you thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Mm-hmm. 
All right, folks, there you go, Sheila Lowe. I told you, interesting, uh, the handwriting stuff. Uh, I was not aware of some of that, as you as you may have heard. And uh, it's just some fascinating stuff. Uh, next week on Wrong Place, Right Crime, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, don't often have people on to talk about true crime. Um, and, uh, and quite frankly, it's because it's always seemed like a bit of a busman's holiday to me, <laughs> unlike crime fiction. Uh, uh, I won't try to explain the psychology of that. It's probably more of a psychosis than psychology, but occasionally I do. As part of the uh, interview with Eric Pruitt, for example, we talked about The Long Dance, which is an excellent podcast about a true crime that I highly recommend. Um, and next episode, we're going to talk to Rebecca Rosenberg about a case that made a lot of news uh, in New York, and she covered it along with her husband uh, as journalists and has written a book about it. So she'll be on the next episode of Wrong Place, Right Crime. Zafiro update for you. I don't have much at the moment, folks, although there are things in the works. I'll just tell you that uh, beginning on October 3rd, running through the 7th, if you want to get any of the Anya books for 99 cents and the prequel Harbinger for free, you'll certainly be able to because they will be on promotion uh, from October 3rd to October 7th. So Harbinger, the prequel is free. Blood on Blood, Queen of Diamonds, and Closing the Circle will all be 99 cents each. Now, Jim Wilski and I, uh, my co-author for this series, have a bit of a disagreement uh, as to whether it's best to uh, read the prequel first and then read the main series or vice versa. He contends read the prequel and then the series. I say read the series and then the prequel. I think it works better that way, but uh, uh, there's no right or wrong answer. You can take them any way you like, but uh, Harbinger will be free and the other three will be 99 cents from October 3rd to the 7th of 2021. If you're listening to this at some other time, hey, they go on sale frequently and they're always cheap anyway, so uh, feel free to grab them even at full price. All right, I want to say a thank you to Sheila Lowe for coming on the show, Down Out Books, for being the sponsor, and the most important person here in the room, you, the listener, thanks for being here for another episode. I hope you join me next time when we talk to Rebecca Rosenberg uh, about a true crime case out of New York. Uh, until then, this is Frank Zaffaro reminding you that sometimes you got to be in the wrong place to write crime. <laughs>